Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. And here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey, Jody. How you doing today? Hello, Paul. How are you? Doing well. Fantastic. Uh, today, we have a very special guest joining us, uh, Joe Tassone, uh, Vice President of Project Development at Ascentcor and co-founder and vice president of Above Grid LLC. Uh, he's also a partner in uh, several farm-to-table restaurants, and most importantly, Joe is the dad to three beautiful girls. So congrats on that, Joe. Uh, how are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing very well, uh, Paul and Jody. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I think this is a great idea, and I've listened to a few episodes, and I'm looking forward to uh, the next 30, 40 minutes. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, we, you're our first inaugural guest, right? So I don't think we've had guests before, right, Jody? That's correct. Spe- special because of who you are, Joe, but special because you're also our first. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm very honored now. Now the pressure's on. Uh, uh, no worries, no worries. Like I said, we, we have just have fun here. So, um, so today's topic, we're going to talk about small business and the coronavirus. And, and I think, Joe, you're a perfect... Uh, guest to talk about this. Given your background in small business and and the different uh, verticals that you're in, you're seeing all kinds of pressure being put on small business at this point. So we wanted to really focus on uh, the small business aspect and how that kind of tailors into the family as well, right? To the family life, because I'm guessing there's got to be these these pulls all over the place. So before we jump into the topic full-blown today. Let's discuss some news stories that we found uh, this past week that are coincidentally related to small business in these times. So the first article that we're going to talk about is from Barron's. uh, Rich rewards, high risks. Here's how to buy a small business. And it talks about, at the end of the day, is it, you know, the timing, you know, given the pandemic and given everything going on, um, is it a good time to jump into small business? And, and, Jody and, and, and Joe, I have to leave it to you guys because you guys are the entrepreneurs. I am uh, simply an employee where I am now, and but fascinated with the whole concept of entrepreneurship. So I'm interested to hear your take on this story. Well, Joe has done more buying and selling than I have for sure. Um, this article in Barron's talks about, is this the right time, I guess, to take advantage of some opportunities that the pandemic is presenting and actually go in on buying a small business? Um, you know, I, I think that could probably be risky in any environment because when you buy a small business, um, you're buying more work, not less, like this article says. Uh, and sometimes you may even have to go in with partners because you're talking about significant amounts of money. It's not just a sort of a, a one proprietor, one person kind of thing. Uh, but Joe, love to have your perspective on this. You've done more of this than I have. Yeah, uh, th- no, definitely. Um, I haven't had a, a tremendous amount of experience in actually buyer, buying businesses. Most of my businesses have been uh, from the startup, uh, grew them organically and bootstrapped them for lack of a better word. Uh, but re- in reading this article and also having uh, speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs over the years of all different sizes uh, in terms of companies, employees and, and worth, you know, when you have a crisis, uh, a disruption in the market, whether it's a, uh, a depression, a recession or what we're having with COVID right now, which arguably is really no one's fault. It's unfortunate that some businesses are not going to recover from this. 
And it's, you know, you could say, argue that, well, you should have had more cash in the bank and, but no one could have been really prepared for this. So with these times, you're going to see businesses that are actually really good fundamental businesses that just maybe didn't have the cash flow to make it through. So those opportunities are still there. It doesn't mean the business has been bad or was bad or made some critical errors. I mean, I've been through my share of business failures and I could point to myself um, versus economic conditions for those failures. So I definitely think there's an opportunity to go in, especially when you see those businesses that had a good product and uh, had good people and maybe just didn't have the uh, resources to pull through for these times with lack of sales, lack of customers. So I think there's really good opportunity there, especially if you have something that you could bring to that business. And uh, also if you have the cash resources where you could step in and say, hey, we will uh, infuse some um, money into your business and we can take it to the next level. So I think, you know, in times of distress, you know, there's an old saying, you know, when people are fearful, uh, now's a really good opportunity to buy even in the stock market. So I definitely think there's always a great opportunity and now might even be a better opportunity for some people because you could pick up some businesses uh, that may have been worth a lot more several months ago for a lot less now. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I love that feedback. I love your insight for that, Joe. Like once again, my insight is not as strong in this area, but love to hear from from the entrepreneur types of of their opinions on these types of articles. Um, The second article that we're going to jump into is actually from the Harvard Business Review, and it's a pretty lengthy article, a way forward for small businesses. And it talks about how to move forward. You know, we're in COVID and it talks about what small businesses are finding in terms of the changing business landscape where, like you said, Joe, most businesses are strapped for cash. Um, The majority think we'll reopen by the end of 2020, but a large uh, percentage think we may not. Um, And then they talk about what to do, right? Remain calm. Don't rush your decisions. Stick with your plans. Um, You know, get financing if you have to. Figure out how your customers' needs have changed. Um, so, so Jody, I'll ask you first, what did you think of this article? And then, Joe, I'd love to hear your input on this article as well. Yeah, excellent article here, Paul. And, and you know, like Joe just said, we're in very challenging times right now uh, for individuals and for businesses. And no one really knows where we're going to end up. Um, I think that can, you know, cause a lot of sleepless nights. But I also think that that can be a blessing. And I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Um, The playbook here is out the window, right? And the fundamentals remain the same. You know, the math has got to work out like we always say on the podcast. Um, But the opportunity to reinvent the process is huge. Um, and, And when you're talking about doing business with other people, people buy solutions to problems. They don't they don't hire somebody who can do the same thing they've always been doing. They hire somebody who can do the thing that they can't do or the thing that they wish they could do, but they just don't have the time or the resources or the whatever. Um, so, so you've got opportunity here, and this is what this article kind of gets into. Um, you know, be the solution. Be the solution to someone's problem, and you will find yourself on the positive side of the equation, I think. Yeah, that's uh, Jody. I agree 100 percent. And, you know, this article is written um, a little over a month ago and a lot has changed even in the last 30 to 40 days. Um, You know, when COVID first uh, happened, um, I think the first inclination for a lot of people is just absolute panic. Right. I mean, you have a business 
And uh, every business, is, I mean, there's some businesses like Zoom have who have benefited tremendously from this, right? And they'll continue. Zoom to could not have created a better PR yeah, campaign than this. <laughs> exactly. A, whole, a lot of the cloud-based companies and uh, video chat services have uh, hit hit the uh, lotto with this, uh, and, and and not be cavalier. I mean, it's a serious uh, virus, and it's affected a lot of people. But even with myself, I've been relatively fortunate in the field that I'm in, in renewables, where uh, we haven't really uh, taken uh, a huge hit with this. And arguably, we think we could actually come out stronger in this um, with the reliance of solar, especially, uh, but also having um, other interests in business, especially restaurants. Yeah, I mean, it's it, they've probably the hospitality industry has been hit the hardest. So the first step is really panic. What are you going to do? Right. And uh, I've been through s several crises in my career. And uh, once you get the news and we're shutting down, it you know takes a good day or two to get your wits about you and then really about putting a plan together and how are we going to get through this? And I think we're beyond that right now where you have because it was such a quick uh, action that was taken and you had to act and the businesses did. There's businesses that shut down, closed their doors, laid off people, uh, conserved cash. The first thing you need to do when there's a crisis in businesses you have to conserve cash immediately you have to figure out what you have and how are you going to make it last the longest especially in this instance no one knew how long this was going to last and depending on what state you are in business you are in uh it could last another few weeks a few months so you got to conserve cash and you have to make the tough decisions being a leader and being in business especially owning your own company is you have to be willing to make the tough decisions for the good of the overall organization. And that means laying off people and closing doors, uh, shutting down, you know, maybe taking on uh, more debt or less debt when you need. And, and I will say this as an entrepreneur, and I, I don't mean to come across condescending, but until you own your own business, until you've put your mortgage, your house, you've uh, put everything out your savings accounts into the business, it's very hard to relate to that pain. Not to say that losing a job isn't awful, I've been there too, and figuring out how you're gonna provide for your family, but also having the added pressure of being responsible for hundreds of people and in some instances, and being responsible, how am I gonna make money? And uh, because as an entrepreneur, a lot of times, you know, you're not getting a paycheck, you're not getting unemployment, loans absolutely help. But it's really being able to, you know, deal with that and, um, and and really having being positive attitude is so important in times of distress. Winston Churchill, I think, said it the best, you know, when you're going through hell, keep on going. And that doesn't mean don't be a realist, but you have to remain positive. And uh, I have a lot more to say on this, but uh, I, I wanted to just stop now and I have another good input uh, to kind of dovetail what Jody said, uh, but I'll, uh, I'll, I could talk for hours as you guys see already. Yeah, Joe, it's amazing that today uh, those two articles uh, triggered the deep discussion right off the bat. Uh, people that listen to our podcast, they know we, we kind of lightly, not script, but we put an outline together for ourselves to kind of talk about what we want to get across, the points we want to uh, make sure we, we people take away from the podcast and you and we were able to jump right into those today. Uh, my current situation is that um, I've always been a W-2 employee. 
but coincidentally, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine yesterday about being an entrepreneur and found myself reminiscing about my dreams of being one. Uh, so I'm always fascinated by the topic, but unsure if being my own boss would be the right thing for me. And that's where I think I get sort of scared, sort of hung up. And, and that's where um, I, I really do respect the fact that yourself, uh, Jody, and yourself, uh, Joe, jumped into that entrepreneurial pool, especially with family life, right? You both are doing and running your own businesses with the family. And like you said before, Joe, you know, you're responsible not only for employees, you're responsible for your family, right? And keeping them, you know, sheltered and, and enough money coming in. So it's got to be tremendous pressure when there is no, uh, when business has stopped or a big disruption happens. So, uh, Jody, I'll, what's your current situation when it comes to um, this? I know you have your own business, but maybe you could talk about it a little bit and then we could get have Joe talk about his uh, situation a little bit more as well. Yeah, I, my business has not been incredibly adversely affected. You know, I have a, a number of clients that I service on a regular basis. I've had a couple clients that uh, themselves have shut down. They have no revenue. So we've simply postponed or put on pause or created uh, situations for them where they don't have to worry about paying us. We want to continue to do the work for them because we believe in their business. We want to walk with them through this to make sure that they're healthy when they get out on the other side, both for them and quite frankly for us, because you know we, we want to continue to make money down the line long term. So we're keeping focused on the long term with, with my business. Um, we're properly backstopped on savings to make sure that we can get through lean times with our own household. Um, I'm even bringing on some new clients in the middle of all this. So I'm pretty fortunate all, all in. Uh, and I'm confident that we can weather this regardless of how long it might it goes on. Uh, like Joe said, this is a developing situation. What was reality 30 days ago is not reality today, and we probably have no idea what reality is going to be 30 days from now. We're getting a better understanding of it as we go through this, but we have to understand that this is all a developing situation and that there, there's going to be opportunities, there's going to be wins, there's going to be losses, and like REO Speedwagon said, you got to roll with the changes. Yeah, I think that is so true, Jody. And something you said is it's what you're doing now and how you're treating customers and uh, maybe even vendors. People will remember the way they're treated through this. And you could take the the tact of being a jerk, for lack of a better word, to uh, especially people that uh, your vendors maybe that count on you. But working through plans with people, being understanding will go a long way and having that integrity to do that will certainly benefit you in the long term and i think you're going to see the companies that have that long-term strategy will certainly uh, benefit more as the months and the years uh, come and companies that have are able to take a step back and, and really look at the renew the new reality and, and i hate the words oh this is the new normal it's the only new normal if we make it, if we want to make it the new normal. However, there's going to be changes in business. I think you're going to start to see companies that, you know, have a thousand people report to an office every day. Now they see that, hey, we could do a lot of this remote. Not to say that we're not going to have offices anymore, because I really believe there's a huge value in human connection, which even before this, I would argue that we're kind of getting away from. But you're going to start to see, uh, a lot of uh, companies just say, hey, you know, we could do this on Zoom instead of traveling to corporate meetings every uh, few months. Uh, maybe we do it every few quarters. So 
anyway, I think you're going to start to see that more and more and also have the uh, uh, just a general feeling of optimism when we get through all of this. Joe, are you saying that we have the silver lining here that we're going to have fewer meetings? Is that what we're going to get out of this? Because <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually, all in on that one. <laughs> I think we're going to have more meetings. Unfortunately, I've seen in a red is people feel that you're not connected. Now we just have to have more meetings and video <laughs> meetings. And uh, but uh, no, they're just a way of doing business is going to change. And uh, it might be for the better. Uh, who knows? Uh, that's kind of remains to be seen. One, one thing I also want to add to is going back to um, what you said about uh, going back a few minutes ago. You know, in times like this, there are going to be businesses and you could read a, a score of articles out there about how they're looking at different um, other ways to, to make uh, product. And a good example that I have is a small mom and pop company in my town. They used to be a tenant in a building I owned and they're a sign manufacturer. And uh, their business is actually doing fairly well, but now they have the the, tech, the machinery to actually do masks. So now they're doing all these masks with company logos on it on different fabrics, and and they're killing it. They have they can't even keep up with the orders right now. So that's just one transition, and you know that's not going to last forever. But they're able to capitalize and make some revenue in these times where maybe another sector of their business isn't doing as well. And the second thing is looking at you know we all talk about business business verticals, but looking at business horizontals and, and, an, ex, and an anecdote I'd like to share is about my uh, one of my business partners, Jim Spano, and I could say this because he's echoed it in many of the podcasts that he's on. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, he's older than I am, have a lot of success through the years in different businesses. And back in uh, the early 2000s, he started investing in real estate in, uh, in New Jersey he was going to do one of the first green malls with having this mall all powered by solar. And when the recession hit, uh, a lot of his tenants pulled out. Now he was sitting on a piece of uh, land that had very little value at the time. And he decided to double down in solar. And it, the timing was right and ended up building a, a large solar farm, was able to, to hold on to his land. And he decided that there's a, a way to... Uh, make a lot of money in this and do the right thing for the environment and he had a lot of land and started redeveloping solar and more and more now he's one of the most prominent individuals in the country when it comes to uh, solar solar development solar investing and he talks about that a lot in, in a time that was awful he was able to have the vision and go horizontally and uh, really make a huge business out of it that's a great success story Right. Taking those negatives and turning them into a positive. Right, Joe? I guess that's part of the key. And, and to Jody's point around the whole conversation around finding those silver linings, right, where businesses can turn around and pivot where needful. So I think that's key. Uh, so, Joe, I, I'd be remiss in saying we kind of jumped ahead. Uh, we want to make sure we uh, we, we, we uh, get to some of the questions and, and also Talk a little bit about yourself, Joe. Can you give us a little bit of a background to your business? I know we I talked at the beginning of the podcast and gave a brief description of your background, but it'd be great if you give us a couple of minutes to just tell us, you know, how it all came to be and where you are today, and then you know we'll jump into some uh, questions that we uh, want to ask you because we're we're fascinated with this topic and and would love to uh, hear your opinions on some of these things. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um... 
when I got out of college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And uh, through some friends who were in this industry, I, I got involved in wireless telecommunications on the real estate development and um, for a lack of a better uh, description, going out and finding land for cell towers and all over the country. And this was in the boom of uh, right after the Telecom Act of 96. I've worked uh, for a few companies, landed with SBA Communications, uh, which is, I think, one of the 10th largest REIT in the world now, vertical real estate owned towers. And I uh, just moved my way up through the company over seven years and became director of tower development for the Northeast and uh, went through a lot of uh, highs and lows in that company, especially after uh, 9-11 and the tech bubble popped. Uh, decided with my partner, Mark, to start a consulting company in 05. Uh, just didn't really have any money. Started with about $1,000 in uh, doing some consulting for Nextel and Sprint, uh, going out and finding sites and doing project management for them. In a couple of years, we were doing uh, several million dollars a year at about 20 employees. Uh, we're Inc. number 342 out of 5,000. Back in 2010, we started to get heavy into construction and uh, building towers and doing a lot of installations. Uh, grew a company to uh, about 75 people. And in 2016, one of our customers uh, pulled back tremendously that we had a lot of business with. So we started seeing our sales dip, but we really didn't act quick enough on our expense side of the house. So you know how that story ends. Also had a few employees do some uh, unscrupulous things and uh, had to deal with that. Decided to close the company down in 17. A lot of pain ensued <laughs> after that, uh, <laughs> but we did the best we could. Um, and with that, I started looking into the renewable sector and started a company, uh, Ascentcore, and uh, with my former partner in uh, doing a large-scale solar development. And uh, we've been at that for a few years. Uh, last year, started a company, Above Grid LLC, with a few partners in the industry, doing uh, development for a utility company, and that's going really well. Uh, and I have some other investments, but I really believe in the renewable sector. Uh, everything you read about it, it's doing going gangbusters right now, and it's going to continue to do that. I love what I do. It's hard. It's it's definitely uh, there's risk involved, like in any business, but there could be really good reward, and uh, that's where I'm at from a business standpoint. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I, and I think that for us, um, with everything going on, it, it we're all fascinated with how this is going to end. But you know, of course, we never know where it's going to take us. Right. But um, at this point, I think for entrepreneurs and for business owners, what do you think are kind of the top three biggest business challenges that you're seeing uh, facing you? Whether, you know, whether it's in your restaurant business that you mentioned earlier in the podcast or in the solar business right now. And are they different? Challenges yeah, I for think each one. completely different. And uh, I'm not in the trenches on the uh, day to day in the restaurant business. But, um, you know, that that. The hospitality business is definitely has its challenges and it goes back to if you're a quality restaurant, quality company with good people, those are going to be the ones that last because unfortunately, there are going to be a lot of restaurants, a lot of hotels that go out of business, but the ones that have a great brand and a good product, I believe, uh, after all the smoke clears with this and we get back to a way of, uh, you know, I, I will say the normalcy. Uh, I don't see people two years from now wearing masks 24 seven. 
um, I think you're going to start. You're going to see those those companies be very successful. And uh, in my you know solar business, um, yeah, I, I don't see a, a tremendous amount of disruption. Uh, I mean, whenever you have an environment of uh, distress, you know, banks, investors sometimes get nervous, uh, but there's also a lot of opportunity with that. So that those are really the challenges. The challenges are just really being able to right now stay the course, you know, make the changes that you feel that are necessary to succeed and also have a plan of, uh, you know, going forward. Yeah, Joe, that's all very cool stuff. The one question that jumped out at me as you were talking is you are so busy. How do you balance the family life with the business, with the COVID pressure? Because, you know, I, I know we have mutual family friends and, and I know your family pretty well. And you're such a great dad, right? You got three beautiful kids um, and you're able to make this all work while being uh, an entrepreneur. How do you make that work? Is there any advice you could give to people on how you get strike that family balance between work and family? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, and, and we all struggle with that from time to times. And I, I will say... I mean, you know, I have a very supportive wife. I'm very fortunate there. So she takes a lot of the load uh, with the kids um, on the, the day-to-day stuff. Uh, but that's first and foremost. But with that, with that said, the it really, you know, you hear a lot of that, about that, about balance, balance, especially in some of the younger generations. You know, we need to have work-life balance, work-life balance, work-life balance. I, I'm going to say this, and it's it's going to come across the wrong way, but I, I don't, I'm not a, there's really not no such thing, right? Um, I mean, it's what you make of it and you have to, you obviously have to pay attention to all things in, in your life. I mean, if you want to be that dad to be at the kid's soccer practice every day at three 30, you're probably going to have your career is going to suffer. If you never make a kid's soccer game, you know, it's not going to be good for your family life. So what I always employ and I'm, a, I mean, number one, it comes down to just hard work, right? I mean, there's only, we all have the same amount of time in a day, 24 hours, and it's what you do with that time. I, I believe some people, they squander their time, you know, without having a plan. And, and I try to really plan my week out, you know, Sunday for a few hours. I put a lot of time to thinking about the week. What do I want to accomplish? Really, how am I going to get to point A to point B? You know, do I really need to go to the pharmacy on a Tuesday when I'm going to be out of that part of town on a Wednesday? So those little things take time and every minute counts. And uh, and really planning, you know, your appointments, you know, trying to get as much in as you can to make the most effective use of your time. Uh, nothing substitutes getting up early in the morning. Um, you know, if you're going to get up early and have a plan for your day, there's a lot you can get accomplished. And also putting time in your in your schedule for leisure time and family time. And with an, being an entrepreneur. You have to throttle up and throttle down. I mean, there's sometimes where, hey, it's going to be a hell week and I'm going to be working 15 hour days. But maybe the next week, you know, you focus more on uh, some things with your family and, and making the important things count. It's not so much quantity, you know, versus the quality. I mean, showing up at every single game uh, for your kids is probably not realistic. Uh, missing a couple games here and there, it's, it's not going to kill anybody. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, it's it's you know we have a, a business to run, uh, whether even if you're an employee. So you really have to be focused on what is important, and uh, really having a plan uh, is really the way I feel, and and uh, to get everything that you need accomplished. 
And sometimes you're not. You're gonna gonna miss out on certain things, and that's just a part of life. Yeah, Joe, that's a great perspective. We talked a lot about on the podcast about um, everything you just said and how communication with everybody who's involved really makes or breaks every relationship. You know, if you communicate, for example, with your spouse, you know what what you've got to do during the week for work or where things are with the budget or you communicate with your kids hey i'm gonna miss this game but i'll be at the next one if you let people know and sort of use that game plan for philosophy that you talked about and then communicate that game plan philosophy um everyone's going to be on the same page and things i think are going to work out a lot smoother and you're going to get to your goal would you agree yeah i i wholeheartedly agree and you know we live in a time now where you know, it's the expectation is to be at everything and be involved in everything. I, I mean, I make jokes all the time. I mean, I even put some stuff on Facebook, as Paul knows. I mean, the 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 amount of of different ceremonies and appointments you have at your kid's school, I would say it's probably 10 times more than what my parents. I mean, my parents were great parents. They showed up. You had the one year once a year teacher conference and you showed up at uh you know, uh, graduation day. Right. And now it's like every other day it's tea with daddy, read your books with daddy, do this with mommy, <laughs> you know, every kid, every year there's a graduation, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm like, yeah, I got to go to third grade graduation. Right. Really? Like, come on. I mean, we, let's we, review third graders don't graduate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a tremendous amount of that. And it's just kind of like, Hey, I got a job. And, and now you feel like you, you get the guilt trip, right, of, of oh, I, I missed back-to-school night. Well, this is like the ninth one we had this year, right? I mean, how many <laughs> back-to-school nights can you have in one year? It's like, well, you were there. Well, no, I had that was on a conference call. I mean, you know, my kids, I try to be, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say I think I'm a decent parent, right? I mean, we all think we are, and it's, you do the best you can. And I think one of the things of being a parent is – your kids got to have a level of independence. Like I knew my dad wasn't going to be at every game, but you know what? I appreciate that he was working two jobs to put food on the table. And that's what I look back at. And that's what I remember. Now, again, you know, if you're missing every one of your kids games or if you're, you're missing your kids, like high school graduation, that's probably something that, you know, your daughter's going to be at you know, in the therapist couch in 10 years for. No, I hear you as a, as an employee, I think all these things are tying in because I'm, I thought that it would be a little bit different from an entrepreneurial perspective, but I can relate to everything you guys have just said from an employee perspective. I go through the same trials and tribulations, and uh, especially pre-COVID, there was a lot of extensive travel. So I wasn't able to make some of these uh, games or, or make some of these conferences. Uh, but I did struggle a little bit in the past year with travel and because my kids were not used to it. But then... Uh, I think, uh, Joe, to your point earlier, I think the kids get used to some of these things and they're going to have to be a little bit more independent. And I think in a, in a weird way, it's good for them, right, to have that independence. And they're going to have to realize that life is not going to be perfect all the time, right? And and the parents can't cover every single thing. But to your point, you can't be an absentee dad or parent as well. So um, one of the you other questions... Go ahead, well, Joe. No, I, I, you know, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you made a good point here. We Going back when we t talked about changes in business, and, and travel is a killer, right? Because if you're home working, you could usually manage your schedule pretty well. But when you get called out of town for four days, 
you just physically aren't there. You you can't make certain things. And I think you, you're de we're definitely going to see a, a lessening of travel in business. And I would I would think I, I know people that travel. I, my neighbors work for a big company, and I always shake my head like, "Do you really need to go to Asia this week?" Like, I don't know. I, I I'm a big believer in face to face too, but you know maybe Paul. You know, maybe in three months from now where they would say, hey, you know, we need you to be out in San Diego for four days. You know, maybe that one time it's like, hey, you know what we're going to try to do is virtually. But now, see, now you're home the whole week. Right. So you're still working hard, but now you have more of the ability to do certain things with your family. And I agree the traveling is really not a lot you can do with that. Uh, you know, I was uh, I was um, earlier this year. I spoke to a, a entrepreneur's class at uh uh, Siena College and and one of the students, a couple of the questions were all about the subject of balance. And uh, my advice to them was, hey, number one, you know, you're starting your career off. The expectation is that you are need to sacrifice. You, you're going to do put in all you can be that employee that shows up at six in the morning, does some work over the weekend. You're not going to get cheated. I promise you, because that's the expectation. You know, have the ability. Balance will come. But if you do your work, you're successful, you produce, you're going to create your own balance. You know, Jack Welch said a great quote in an interview one time that he was getting kind of dinged because he's a hard ass. And they asked him, you know, how do you deal with balance? He, you know, I don't really have a problem with I don't have that issue with my eight players, because, you know, if you produce your management, you know, whoever it is, they're going to lay off you for the most. I mean, you might have those situations where your boss is just a jerk and he's going to micromanage you. But I, I you know when I work for a company. I was fairly good at what I did. I produced results. If I want to play golf on a Friday or take off a day, like no one bothered me because you were producing, right? Mm -hmm. And if you produce and you're good at what you do, I mean, you have a duty to your company that you work for. If you own your own business, you have a duty to your partners, your customers, your people, and you got to do that. You got to do what you have to do to be successful. Um, and if you are successful, you're going to create your own balance. And that's probably the best advice I can give to anyone that is starting out in their career. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I didn't realize at the beginning of this podcast, I thought that maybe there would be a big difference in this work-life balance and this whole conversation we're having, whether you're an entrepreneur or, or an employee or whatever situation you're in. But I think it applies universally across, right, from a parent. If, you know, And all our parents have to work. And we're in this new reality where... If, you know, in the 50s, you know, it was, you know, parents, both parents, uh, one would stay home, one would be, go out. And the jobs, I think, were more nine to five. I remember my father was very nine to five, you know, and he worked locally. So he was, there was a regular rhythm to him coming home. And there was no email that he had to address when he got home. He, I don't think he ever brought work home with him. But yep. nowadays, you know, the dual income trap that a lot of folks fall into um, you know, you need two incomes to survive potentially and some you don't have to, right? You can make that conscious choice and, and there's no right or wrong, I believe, with that piece. But in my own personal situation, I find that um, having uh, the dual incomes is a necessity and it's just part of life. And we always tell our kids, you know, when they come up with, uh, especially my daughter, my son, not as much, but my daughter will be upset about, you know, uh, me traveling or something happened where I can't go to a certain thing. And I just have to kind of just accept the fact that this is what life is about, right? We have to have these choices and uh, that are in place. And you have to make the hard choices sometimes when it comes to career and it comes to your business, right? So, and you just were, you hit upon something, which was my next question, Joe. Uh, 
So your kids are, you know, getting are, are getting older. What advice do you have for your kids when they go out into the world? And I know you mentioned uh, work hard, you know, really uh, dig deep and, and, and always be committed. But is there any other advice that you're going to give your kids, knowing what you know now, uh, that you're going to give to your kids when they're ready to go out into the world? Yeah, I have so many of them. <laughs> uh, they're probably sick of hearing it. Uh, I mentioned this before, work ethic. You work hard. What you just work your butt off, especially when you're starting out. Uh, that just that in and itself, it's fifty six, seventy percent of the game, right? I mean, I have people that are, you know, there's a lot of uh, very talented, smart, unsuccessful people out there. Meaning, work hard, and you will. Um, that you will pave your way for success. That's first and foremost. Um, and I would put that above everything else. It's just having that ability and sacrifice, right? You, you got to put certain things off for, for the long-term good. And uh, the second thing is don't be afraid to fail. Um, failure is, uh, and I failed, and it's painful, but there's no better lesson in life than learning from your failures. And I admire people that have failed, especially people that have failed and have made it back. Uh, if you're not failing in something, you're not trying. And uh, you don't want to repeat your same failures. But if you look at any any successful person um, throughout historically, throughout time, um, they're probably more defined by their failures than they are with their successes. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I look at Steve Jobs, right? Everyone is, uh, you know, the, the greatest, you know, whatever tech guy in the world and all he's done. But I mean, he failed miserably. I mean, I would put his failure up against anyone's failures, right? He got kicked out of his own company that he started, right? I mean, he, how do you feel bigger than that? Um, Abraham Lincoln, you know, I have a whole thing on my wall I'm looking at about all his failures in life. So don't be afraid to fail um, and uh, learn from your failures and embrace them. Um, and that, I tell you, will um, there's nothing better. And I feel that I'm on the way to a comeback. And, you know, sometimes your failures uh, put you in a different path where you might have not been on without um, going through that failure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when I was at a previous job, I was, uh, long story short, they interviewed me for this internal award. And they wouldn't tell you the questions ahead of time. And uh, so they wanted that pure reaction. Mm -hmm. And so what they asked me is like, what do you think is the, if a new person was coming into the company, what is the thing that you would tell them that is the key to your own success that you would like them to see them do? And I'm not a baseball person. And, and, uh, Joe, I know your family is a big baseball family. I get it. I remember, you know, so, but I had to look this up because a friend of mine described this analogy to me that the greatest hitters of all time, they're batting like 400, like they're not, they're not batting a thousand, right? That's, that's uh, unheard try around, of. Try around 300. Right. Yeah. 300, yeah. right? So once every three times, right? And what I explained in the video was, um, and I, I'm rem I don't have the names of those two baseball players. The two it was Ty was it Ty Cobb? Anyway, I had pictures of those famous two batters. One was a seasonal, and one was all-time average. And I explained to them, like you said, Joe, they've never broken past 400, right? So the trick for me was the advice I would give is every day you're going to come in. There's going to be people that like what you're doing. There's going to be people that 
don't like what you're doing. There's going to be days where you're very successful. There's going to be days when you think you're failing. But the trick every day is to come in and swing the bat. So if you have a tough day, things didn't go so well, you got to be able to get up the next day, dust yourself off, and just keep swinging that bat. And uh, the video went over well at the... <laughs> At the, at the at the dinner that they had because um, I just spoke from the heart that way but I think we're all trying to say the same thing is whether you're failing or being successful you have to always be trying right and never be afraid to stop trying because once you stop trying I think that's when you've truly failed if you want to call it that I'm interested what you guys have in terms of perspective on that yeah, well, I don't know, Jody. I've been uh, hogging the the podcast here, so maybe Jody could uh, chime in. Here. Oh no, Joe, that that's why you're here. We want to hear your perspectives. Yeah. I agree. Uh, swinging swinging the bat is what you get up in the morning for, right? You you don't get up, you don't get up in the morning to sit back and and do nothing. At least that's that's my personality. Um, uh, and and I think uh, Joe, you told the story earlier about you know someone retiring and and getting very bored very quickly. I have the same personality, right? I always need to be doing something. Last weekend, great example. You know, I I uh, woke up in the morning on a Sunday and I said to my wife across the breakfast table, I'm just probably going to take it easy because I worked really hard in the yard yesterday, uh, so I'm probably going to take it very easy today. And she goes, Yeah, that's fine. We'll just relax. An hour later, I'm outside digging up a stump. <laughs> Because I just can't sit still. I can't stop. Um, so you, you, that, that's my philosophy. You, you don't get this. You get one shot at this life. And you don't um, get through this life by just sitting back and letting it pass you by. Yeah, that's uh, I concur wholeheartedly. And another piece of advice is follow your dreams. You know, be passionate about something. I, I always joke around. I tell people, you know, I'm 47 and I, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Um, I mean, I, I like what I do um, and I am passionate about business. So I guess I am uh, passionate. But uh, if you have a dream and you have something that you believe in and, um, you know, don't a lot of people, there's a lot of naysayers out there that people tell you it can't be done. You can't do it. What are you doing? You know, within the bounds of reality. Right. Like I'm not going to be winning the New York City Marathon anytime soon. Uh, but if you have a real dream and, and work and you could do something you love to do, life is too short. Pursue it, you know, and you might get knocked down a few times. But there's definitely uh, if you could do what you love to do, it makes things uh, so much uh, more interesting and I guess uh, fun. Um, and, you know, uh, the last piece of advice I'll say, you know, is that. You know, life isn't, you know, my dad used to say this all the time, you know, life is not a bowl of cherries. You know, there are going to be times where it sucks. You know, it's what they call work a reason. It's work. I mean, there's going to be days you go in, you are like, this is awful. You know, I don't like doing this, uh, but adversity definitely makes you stronger. And uh, certainly, you know, look at the long, long picture. You know, it's, uh, you know, you see, I'm sure you've all worked with people that I call malcontents. You know, every day they're complaining about something. And uh, the grass isn't always greener on the other side either. So sticking to what you're doing and, and looking at the end game is, is so important in life. Joe, that's very cool. Very well said. And I think with that, we'll, we'll kind of bring the podcast to a close. So, Joe, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Um, well, Jody and Joe, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today. And I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. 
So with that, this is Paul and Jody and Joe reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the financial dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you. (laughs) 